This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Everything you did brought you where you are now. Where you belong. Oh. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Luck Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. Today we are discussing Game of Thrones, Season 8, Episode 6, The Iron Throne. This is the last episode of Game of Thrones... And uh, it's it's quite moving, I'll tell you that. Um, for one, it's been extremely polarizing. I see tons of, quote-unquote, feedback slash backlash slash, you know, people are raving and going crazy in the streets right now because Game of Thrones didn't or did give them exactly what they want. Um, so um, I'm going to kind of just skim through the last episode of what happened and maybe kind of do some quick uh details over the the past uh you know talk about a couple plot details that uh we were things we were feeling throughout the season um uh i can uh let me let me describe this season as uh a flight um so the majority of season 8 has been what felt like for most of you that have flown, a bumpy ass flight. Now this had a had way too much to live up to. I think the hype was way too real. I don't know if there was any uh, right or wrong way to execute this. So I know that DB Weiss and David Benioff had their uh, you know work cut out for them, and there was no secret at the beginning of this episode, or at the beginning of season seven, that. They wanted to wrap this stuff up. It was not HBO. They wanted to wrap up uh, this series. So, first, um, first off, one of the major problems with the se- uh, seasons seven and eight, I think, it's because of the way they were written, is uh, they're too damn fast. It feels like we're getting the cliff notes, the spark notes. We were we're getting the highlights of some of these great stories um in previous years we would get the small uh intricate conversations that really made us interest interested in these characters so once season seven um and season eight um were written i believe that they they just left out some of the most important intricate details and uh you know things that make um make a character's development feel natural. Um, they decided to leave that all out on, um, leave it off the table. There just wasn't time for it. And because we were cut short on the episode count, it you, we can feel it as the audience because it's uh, um, there's a lot of 
in organic storytelling, in my opinion, that has happened in the last two um, seasons. Like I said, all of this is all my opinion. I know everyone has their own um, forte on what they think of the Game of Thrones. Everyone can get a little bit too uh, crazy with the fandom. I'm just here to analyze it. I'm not here to say what, what you should think about it or what anyone should think about it. These are strictly opinions that I have found throughout uh, the last few seasons. And that's that goes for all of the uh, you know podcasts that we have produced. I don't want anyone to think that this is what I think and so this is you know what you should think. This is strictly just an analysis. Um, so uh, the majority of season eight has felt very rushed. There are some uh, amazing parts in it that uh, can definitely be noted with uh, character beats and character notes. But overall, I would say the quote-unquote good guys in the story end up uh, prevailing. And uh, the majority of our protagonists have a pretty satisfying ending. Now, with saying that, I think that they kind of dropped the ball on just about all of the other, uh, all of the other villains, all the antagonists. I think that season eight drops the ball on uh, the revenge plot. I think all of, even if you consider Danny um, a kill or a, a Danny an antagonist, I don't think Danny was a satisfying uh, kill or. Uh, yeah, it was not a satisfying kill. I think the majority of the villains in this uh, story uh, kind of got off easy, in my opinion. I don't know. just uh, it, Something about the way that they were taken out just um, was not... It's not the way I would have done it, is what I would have said. I think I would have gone a little bit more brutal um, had I been writing it. So, uh, let me see what else we got. Um... Mm, Okay, so I said earlier I was going to compare this to like a flight. So I'd say the majority of this uh, quote-unquote season eight flight was was bumpy. And it was like having a really shitty seat on a really, you know, not so great flight. Um, so once uh, I liked episode one, episode two was like watching a, a, a juicy-ass steak sizzle, you know, getting ready to, you know, eat that delicious steak but you couldn't um and then the next week was the long night the long night has uh the night king and th that entire battle i will say it i'm not gonna lie the cinematography was fucking dark and if game of thrones uh wants to say that <laughs> oh not game of thrones but the the creators behind it said that you know oh it's definitely there's nothing wrong with it because we shot it we know with on our equipment that it looks good and it, it sounds good um and I have no doubt, but if HBO is putting out, um, you know, statements that saying, we know our stuff looks good, it's y'all shit that looks fucked up, then uh, I was like, you're you're not testing. So, so streaming is not as high quality as something like maybe on a disc, like on a, a DVD, uh, sorry, DVD, Blu-ray, 4K, whatever you use now. Um it's it's not as high quality and so you know the monitors that you know HBO has regarding dark levels and uh, black levels um on television uh 
probably look a lot better. So the, on their monitors, you know, it probably did look great. And I saw behind the scenes and it looked like they were shooting in broad daylight, but it was dark as shit. Very hard to see um, the repercussions of these individuals um, in in the show. It, it didn't feel like we had too much of a loss during that battle. And that was kind of my uh, biggest gripe. There was multiple times we saw our favorite characters at the front of the line of the battle, and they should have been dead. They should have been killed. They should have done this, that, the other. Um, and they end up living for whatever reason. Um, yeah, so that's the long night. I I liked how Arya killed uh, the Night King. It was beautifully shot. Um, John was kind of useless throughout that battle. Um, I do like, in the behind-the-scenes, they actually talked about... Uh, John finding out that he does not kill the Night King. And one of the producers was like, yeah, he took a great, he took a great. And uh, it cuts to John. He's like, I fucking hated it. <laughs> so uh, clearly John thought he was going to be the guy that takes out the Night King. So it was interesting Arya was the one. Um, so uh, let's keep on going through the season. Um, what was it? Episode three. So episode four was kind of the 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 leftovers after the long night everyone's kind of regrouping figuring out their losses danny wants to go basically full mad queen down to uh cersei and run shit and uh i believe that's when they get flanked by cersei and masande gets taken out and euron takes one of the dragons uh a lot a lot of what the villains uh come up in well uh, the villains well, let's say for, like, Euron. Euron gets lucky as fuck shooting down one of these dragons because the next episode we see Drogon basically, you know, whip-whapping and maneuvering in between all the boats like they should have done in the first episode. So there's a, there was a couple of things that I would have changed within the uh, actual storyline of uh, uh, the Mad Queen story. It's... It feels problematic because yes, yes, she has been uh, she's been going down the trajectory of the Mad Queen, and I don't deny that at all. I see that because the last few seasons, I mean, she's um, burning people alive, crucifying people, and you know, trying to quote unquote save everyone. Um, but when it comes to this, and comes to the episode of the Bells, probably one of the second to second or third most polarizing episodes of Game of Thrones. Um, Unbowed and Bent Unbroken was one of the worst, or quote it was one of the most polarizing episodes, and now the bells were, were. And then the final episode, The Iron Throne, is even more polarizing from a, a, a fan point of view because it's the finale. So um, let me see what else. Um, yeah, so this is... Uh, we're, we're, let's talk about the flight that we're back on, the season eight flight. So most of uh, episodes one through five were pretty damn bumpy, for my opinion. And it felt like I was just keep get keep gotten put. I was being pushed to the back of the plane. It was I was feeling nauseated on this flight. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like how this is ending. When Danny went full on Mad Queen out my my jaw was on the floor. I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. I was like, we're done. We gotta kill Danny. And I I don't know. I 
it, the way they set it up, it made it look like Arya might have been the one that she was supposed to do that. So, um, yeah, we need to uh, discuss the Mad Queen and the, the turn of that storyline. Hmm. Okay, so the Mad Queen, uh, Daenerys. There is... So, before she goes full on Mad Queen, I believe it is episode four. Or is it episode five? No, it is episode... It's episode five, sorry. Episode five um, is the beginning of when Varys decides that he needs to, uh, you know, take care of Danny um, by taking her out. And it's extremely rushed. I know that there is... Um, there's a great conversation between Tyrion and Varys that are is one of the most important conversations for having a, par, a, a an important character turn like that. And Varys is like, you know, uh, you know what I do best, you know, kind of thing. You know, I serve the realm, and Tyrion calls him out on what is the realm? What even the fuck is the realm? <laughs> and so, um, there's scenes like that that I find extremely important throughout this last two seasons that we are lacking a lot of. And losing Varys in that way makes it a little bit more uh, meaningful, I guess. But uh, yeah, so let me talk about the Mad Queen a little bit. Varys saw it all coming. He tried to warn Tyrion. And we've seen Tyrion kind of fuck up the last few seasons, so of course he wasn't going to... Uh, you know, it was not going to go in his favor. The one thing that really bothered me with the episode of the Bells is people were constantly being told that you are going to die if you be dis, you know, if you betray me, Tyrion. And Tyrion turns around and lets his brother out of the cell to go release, uh, to go get Cersei out. And that didn't make any sense to me. Why? Why the hell would you try to rationalize? someone with this type of logic that you're going to be okay. I don't, I don't know. It was it, Tyrion's logic in the last couple episodes and seasons. Just, it's just kind of ridiculous. Um, so let's hop on to the final episode that just, just, uh, was aired. Um, after, since, uh, since, uh, Daenerys has pretty much gone full mad queen, the bells go off at the end of episode five she she goes from attacking pretty much all the armed uh guards all of the the king's landing uh armies to i don't know what are they uh all of the women children and families of king's landing that are not attacking the the people that you know are protagonists at the time um so yeah there's uh if we would have had two dragons during this attack and she would have lost one of the dragons, I would have said, okay, go full on Mad Queen, do your thing. But I didn't feel that Daenerys going Mad Queen made any logical sense from from when it actually happened. It, it just made so much... They they had already won the battle. The The arms were down on the opposite side. It, it There's no reason for her to go full Mad Queen. Um... But if you're going to go full Mad Queen, attack Cersei, damn it. Because she didn't, she goes full, she decides to, you know, start attacking uh, King's Landing. And 
you see Drogon attacking the Red Keep several times. I've rewatched this new multiple times, and it looks like uh, uh, Drogon has blasted the Red Keep like three or four times by the time we see it, and it's only because we're cutting back to uh, Cersei a couple of times that we understand that Cersei's not blown up from one of the fireballs or whatever the hell that Drogon is doing. Because I just think some of the uh, blocking in action was a little bit uh, sloppy when it was uh, executed in in the bells. So among other things, I you know, John was running around like, oh my God, you know, uh, he, he kind of felt useless throughout the bells along with the long night and so which makes battle of the bastards probably the best battle in uh the series i would say uh yeah uh the battles in this season were not up to standard to previous seasons they just hit the bar way too high um so let's see what else we have um Okay, so we're basically going full on Mad Queen. I'm starting the the episode uh, episode six. Um, so yeah, the weather was definitely something that I had no idea what was supposed to happen. Like since the winter had stopped, did did was winter still coming since uh, the Night King was defeated? That I, I'm a little bit um, in the dark about that because there's. The title opening does not have snow everywhere, you know, the, the, the blue tiles signifying the, the, um, the snow everywhere. But then at the very end of the episode, after the bells are, you know, have rung and everyone's, you know, fried, it's hard to tell if it's ash or if it's uh, snow at that point. Um, and some look like a little combination of both. But, uh, yeah, let me see what else. Uh, so this episode opens up with uh Tyrion uh walking down uh King's Landing and seeing people absolutely obliterated. I mean this dude's skin is literally coming off of his back. Um oh it's so gross. Um makeup department did a great job. Um like the set pieces on all of this are beautiful. Everything's gorgeously shot. Um let me see. For some reason I guess wooden statues are the only thing that don't get burned when in this series I, I, there's multiple times that people are burned and holding little you know figments or little pieces of uh art i don't know Tyrion finds that uh the little girl and the mother that we see in the previous episode that Arya tries to save all burnt up to a crisp and i, I think we're seeing Tyrion's mind being made up and at this point that things are just fucked um gray worm is uh Lining up some king's guards to uh, uh, to kill, and uh, John and Grey Worm kind of have this uh confrontation, and it quickly gets escalated, this like to the top. I mean, it becomes unsullied versus the the soldiers, uh, the North, real quick, and uh, I was not expecting them to you know start drawing arms once uh, John grabbed Grey Worm's uh, Grey Worm's arm. Grey Worm's not having this shit. I'm actually really surprised that Grey Worm lived um, through this entire series. Um, it, it seems like he's not going to have too great a... I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what people have to say about that. Um, let's see. Um, we're flashing back to Tyrion again, going through the uh, the big... I think it's the Red Keep with the map in it, and it's crushed, and, you know, Westeros is... You know, the wheel's broken. 
Um, Tyrion's going through, you know, the hands keep, uh, I think that's what it's called, or, you know, where the hand meets and everyone meets and whatnot. Tyrion goes down to find, um, what is it, Jamie and Cersei uh, under all of the rubble that we see them under, um, that crushes them in the previous episode. It didn't really occur to me that Tyrion would be the one to go find uh, them, but uh, it, it was kind of a little bit on the nose with, you know, seeing a hand outside of, uh, you know, the rubble, and it happened to be Jamie's you know, gold hand, and um, I didn't actually think that we were going to see the bodies of uh, uh, Jamie and Cersei, and uh, it, it, it was... I can see this not working for some people. This did work for me just because of the characters. I, I don't know. It was something about because we cared about all three of these characters, no matter how terrible they were. And seeing Tyrion break down was, uh, it, it was a little heartbreaking for me as well. And it was beautifully shot, especially with the way that they have the camera overhead of uh, Tyrion after, um, after you figure out that it's, you know, after he, reveals their faces and whatnot under the rubble um beautifully shot i it was a little bit you know on the nose but uh that's about all i could say about that um aria is uh in the next scene and she's seeing all the rubble i mean all of the you know people are just uh, you know obliterated and she sees uh the darth rocky going crazy um excited she goes to, they they kind of fall in line to go see where um, Daenerys is and kind of like the main hall leading up to the Red Keep. It looks straight up like a, a bad guy's, uh, oh, well, let's, uh, I, it's, it's straight up Star Warsian Emperor Palpatine uh, delivering a speech. It straight up looks like Nazis, um, you know, Nazi Germany or something like that, just put in the way that it's, uh, presented um once again beautiful it's still hard to see if it's snow or ash assuming it's probably ash um yeah it's it's beautiful how it's done um and then uh the queen of dragons uh shows up and she has the uh she has drogon kind of um fill in behind her and it makes this interesting looking uh symbol so uh behind her back it makes her look like she has wings beautifully shot all of this episode still no problems with it um i can see um there's not too much to to grasp onto this uh, so far it's very much a slow burn of an episode and it's uh this is khaleesi getting her her team's hype although i don't know wasn't really sure how she was projecting her voice so far but um we're we're not gonna really talk about that um let's see she names uh gray worm uh master of war or something like that and uh khaleesi is doing this speech and she's very clear about who she wants to take out. She wants to go to all of these different places. She wants to go all, all over Westeros and she wants to, um, she wants to basically do the same thing. Um, 
Tyrion walks up beside her and he she basically calls him out on the Jamie stuff and she knows that he's he um he released her released Jamie to go uh save Cersei and uh Tyrion says, you know what, um I'm not doing this anymore and he takes off the pin and throws it down the um down the stairs. I was like, This is Tyrion's death wish. I was like, he seriously doesn't give a shit anymore. And when the Unsullied are, like, getting all hype with the, the sticks, like, ch, 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 and then Tyrion throws that thing down, they all stop, like, ch, they're like, oh, shit, this shit, this shit just got real. Um, like, I was like, Tyrion's gonna fucking die. I mean, he's gonna get Drogon to death or whatever. It, it was sad to see uh, Daenerys and uh, uh, Tyrion have this, quote-unquote, breakup. It was hard to watch. Especially because of when we saw Tyrion get pinned, uh, pin the hand. It was, uh, I don't know. It, it was hard to watch. It, a lot of, this was another big breakup that I, it was, it was hard to watch. And seeing Jon's face, he's, uh, he, he knows, he knows something's up, but I don't feel like he's full on against Daenerys at this point. Cause they definitely have some, you know, some glares at each other. Um, the fact that Tyrion didn't die right then and there made me think that he was gonna live. If Drogon had come, if Drogon had shown up real quick, then, uh, uh, I would have said, oh, fuck, Tyrion's gonna die. But because we had more time with Tyrion, I was like, okay, so that's what we're, um, that's how we're gonna do it. Um, Jon and Arya have a nice conversation, you know, what are you doing here, time, time, type of thing. And, uh. I don't know. This uh Arya was look uh looking at Khaleesi uh longingly as in a way that she wants to she wants to get Khaleesi. Uh and she knows that the Stark line, Sansa, the North is not gonna bow down to her. And uh she says she knows, you know, she knows who you are, John. And uh I don't know, this is a long line of uh I don't know, this is the beginning of John. I would say, probably deciding that he needs to take out Daenerys. So, um... John has a long conversation with Tyrion in the cell. I think it's... Let's see how long this is. This was... Started at 24 minutes, and... Let's see. I remember the conversation felt like almost 10 minutes. It was a long conversation, but it was basically Tyrion describing, uh, uh, you know, what happened to, what, what's going on with Daenerys, and, uh, let me see real quick, sorry, my laptop just died, plug this, my iPad just died, gotta go real, sorry, so anyway, um, I don't know if the uh, conversation that Tyrion had given to Jon was, you know, the right one. I mean, it obviously saved his life, but what I'm with saying that I don't know if uh, it was convincing is is what I'm saying. I mean, he he says multiple times, you know, she's my queen, and that's you know that type of thing. But um, I don't know. By the end of their conversation, I never would have thought that Jon was about to go kill. Uh, uh, Danny, and by the way it's uh, presented, it's beautifully, 
once I've said this numerous times, beautiful cinematography on this episode. I love the blocking. A lot of it is done in uh, silence. And it's done with uh, uh, just showing, you know, emotion and uh, imagery. And it's beautiful. Um, I would say that uh, the execution of uh, Daenerys was... uh, It felt rushed. It definitely felt rushed. Um, Let me see. I think that Jon probably needed another episode or two of convincing from... Probably his family. I don't know. I, just see, having Tyrion say that just uh, seemed a little convenient. And yes, he's a good he's a he's a good talker. But then I I don't know. I think it's around this point where people are going to say, "Oh my gosh, I don't know if this is what I signed up for." And uh, so anyway, John kills Danny. He, after the after they kiss, and it's very hard to tell who's actually being uh, stabbed at that point. And um, once we do, Danny falls. John comes in confrontation with Drogon. Drogon kind of comes up like an animal, like a, a a dog finding out their owners are uh, you know gone. Um, and, you know, kind of nudges Danny, and it's it's it, it's upsetting. And you think. Drogon is gonna uh Dracarys his ass and he ends up taking out um the Iron Throne. Well actually he's it looks like he's aiming at the wall at first, but then he ends up going on the Iron Throne. Um I don't know, if I was John, I probably would have gone into the fucking fetal position, definitely would not be standing up. But uh Drogon destroys uh the throne with good reason, scoops up Daenerys and carries her out over the ocean and they fly away um that was kind of uh what the fuck moment for a lot of people um i I haven't heard any podcast regarding this so um i don't know exactly what everyone's reaction so this is kind of like a first take for myself um but yeah i was like i don't know how i feel about that (laughs) and uh the way they left it like is Drogon gone? I, like, is there a wild dragon out in the open now? Or, uh, you know, what what is going on? Like, where did Daenerys go? Is she still alive? I, I, she's probably not still alive, but um, I, I don't know. There was a lot of questions I had going on with this. So here's Tyrion's trial coming up. Um, and the thing is, he is in a circle full of people he all respects and pretty much all respect him with the exception of Grey Worm and maybe Yara. But I mean, there wasn't, when, when we get to this circle round table of people that uh, Tyrion is going to be sentenced by, I'm like, Tyrion's fine. Tyrion's fine. This is like, this reminded me of like Ocean's, uh, Ocean's Eleven or something like that when, uh, you know, our main guys are in jail and you don't know, you know, spoiler alert for Ocean's Eleven, but you don't know that, you know, we got guys on the inside, you know? It's like, it's like uh, us being the, the criminal and also owning the cops at the same time. There's there's no, I don't know, I never felt like there was a, any tension that we were actually going to be in any actual trouble because everyone generally likes uh, Tyrion. So, um, it was a pretty good scene with a... Uh, all of our favorite characters coming back together, I'd say 
Grey Worm is probably the only one that I'm not so, you know, uh, hype about. Why does Brienne of Tarth have a say or a vote in uh, of, you know, who gets to decide to be king um, or queen or whatever? Um, who gets to have the throne? Um, that didn't really make much sense. Like, some of these people at this council own lands and are lords, and then others are just, like, warriors, and it doesn't really make much sense that they would be there. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I loved having all three of the Stark kids there. Tyrion's speech is great, and, uh, before Tyrion's speech starts, Ed, Edmure Tully, Tully tries to get up and say that he'll take the, he'll take the throne. His ass ain't taking no damn throne! <laughs> Sansa says, uh, get your ass back down there! You don't know this. Even, uh... Robin of the Vale was like, I've been sucking my mother's teeth for 12 years. I ain't doing this bullshit. <laughs> and it was just, uh, <laughs> it was just like, what the fuck is going on? So, um, I was, uh, I was really surprised to see all these, you know, round table of people that are here. And Sansa basically is just running shit. She, she's got so much confidence by this, by this time. I, you know, I love it. Um, I, I, I was ready to see more Sansa, more Bran, more Arya. I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for three more seasons with all of them. But, uh, anyways, apparently there was a water bottle, uh, that was spotted, and, uh, around Sam Tolly's foot. I'm not exactly sure what scene it was or what timestamp it was. Let me see. It's not there from when I'm looking right now. I don't know. There were, in a couple at, weeks ago, there was a Starbucks cup, <laughs> um, uh, in uh, one of the episodes, I believe it was episode four, and so people were like, um, "Yeah, in episode four, they were they had to erase a Starbucks cup or something like that out of the frame." And uh, I I posted a picture of it. It's not a big deal, but it it just kind of goes along with some of the people thinking that they didn't care about the season, and I I respectfully disagree with that. I think this is one of the best television shows, best widely produced television shows on uh in most recent memory and they act their asses off. The production design is off the chain. The places they probably work harder than a lot of mo uh, movie stars have to work because of the locations they have to go to and uh timing that it puts into it this is they have to work at they've had to work at this longer than a lot of movie stars because you know they're part of a, a long-lasting series so um yeah i would say that um overall there are some problems with this uh this season so anyway i, I don't know if i talked about the flight that we we're on this this episode for me this entire episode on that turbulent flight we were talking about earlier this entire episode felt like I was boosted to first class, had a cocktail in my hand, and somebody rubbing my feet. I literally love this movie. Oh, I, I, I love the entire ending. I don't know if it was because I had my expectations tempered so low, or if I just wanted a narratively satisfying ending for everyone. I'm not exactly sure what it is. I know I'll probably change and shift my opinion as I listen to podcasts and people explain their reasoning. But coming off of it, fresh off of it, I was, you know, you know, a little emotional. I was like, these, you know, people that we've, you know, seen for years, you know, stories we've learned, and uh, 
you know, Tyrion talks about, um, uh, you know, stories and, you know, uh, uh, kind of talking in a meta, uh, you know, breaking the fourth wall. Um, you know, talking about, you know, the, the life that they're all living, the story we're all watching. Um, the only thing that kind of, uh, upset me with, uh, this scene was Tyrion was in shackles. Tyrion is technically a prisoner at this point, and he's the one running the, the round council. And I don't know, the, the, it didn't, he's a great, you know, a great talker, you know, a great, let's say, speech writer. Um, <laughs> um, he can give a hell of a speech. But he's in shackles right now. I don't understand why he gets to decide who's on the Iron Throne. Or the fact... Bran is practically useless this entire season. And he can warg into different uh, animals. He can travel through time. And he decides to become king. So, even talking through it myself, I felt, you know, talking about it right now on, on this does feel weird. I'm, you know, I'm like, eh, it doesn't really make much sense in my opinion. But there's not tons you can do about it. I don't know exactly what I wanted for Bran. A lot of people said there's not going to be any more magic at the end of this season. Um, which would mean no more Bran. But we end up keeping Bran. Um, and, you know, Bran says... uh he seems, Bran seems to be expecting the role of uh, King for some reason. Like he knew it was coming. So I, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Um, Sansa respectfully um, keeps the North an independent um, kingdom, I guess. And uh, that's pretty cool because I always thought that she was probably going to run her own ship. And uh, I was curious about the other people uh, in, in the Round Council, why they didn't try to do that as well. But um, I I liked Bran. I, I liked how he um. How he was you know giving his de- delivery, it's very uh very much you know, ah uh, it feels very much the Oracle in the uh, in the Matrix you know like I've been expecting you, but um, so yeah um, we have the reverse scene with John and uh John in the chambers and Tyrion talking to him. It's like you never. It's there's always these role reversals, you know. It's you never know what you're gonna get. Um, John is uh, sentenced to the wall, and uh, some people, you know, were expecting that. Um, there is a great conversation with Sansa and Arya and Bran. Um, let me see. So. Uh, Sansa tries to, you know, ask for forgiveness to, you know, to John, And I think it's not only forgiveness for, you know, for her. It's forgiveness for Catelyn as well. And uh, because they kind of channel each other. Um, you know, they, they, they channel each other's energy through their characters. So, um, John is, uh, you know, telling, you know, Sansa that, you know, she's the best ruler for the North that they could possibly have. And, uh, you know, tells Arya to stick him with the pointy end. You know, the, a lot of callbacks from season one. John's looking a lot like uh, Ned in this uh, episode. I was kind of hoping that they would have done his hair a little bit more like Ned, but they still gave him, you know, the Night's Watch uh, 
robe and they gave him that fur. It's like, Jesus, John, you're still in the South. It's not, you're not going to be in the North for a while. So uh, he's probably a little hot down there in King's Landing. But uh, uh, Arya decides she wants to go, what's west of Westeros? And uh, yeah, I was like, okay, I can, I can deal with that. Um, she wants to go on her own, you know, Arya adventures. I love Bran's uh, garb, like his uh, his clothing in this. It looks uh, very pristine. I don't think we've seen too many uh, houses represent that, those kind of colors. So we also get a scene with Brienne kind of uh, filling in Jamie's last page as a knight. And I thought this scene was beautiful because we know how Jamie and um, Brienne had their, um, you know, had their uh their their history but the way that it was executed just felt so much more beautifully than I could have thought of she didn't get to say goodbye but she got to do the next best thing and that's leave a legacy for him and it was a legacy that mattered and I uh I thought the wording in it was especially nice because you know he, he served his queen and it you know obviously it was not Daenerys it, he was serving his queen which was a man Cersei and I thought it was respectful that uh, Brienne, you know, was the one to, to do this. Um, I'm going to have to go back and probably look at all of this. But she tells, she basically writes his entire story. He has multiple pages in it. Um, and Brienne looks like a badass doing it as well. Um, so uh, I think she's head of the Knight's Guard, Knight's King Guard, King's Guard, whatever the hell. Whatever the fuck it's called, I'm, I'm, it's the end of this shit. We're we're we're, we're gonna have to wrap it up. Um, honestly, the fact that John was the nephew of Daenerys never really felt like that came into fruition, except for maybe that he was possibly in succession for the line of the throne. Um, I was kind of surprised about that. Tyrion is in the next scene with, um. Fucking Bronn of the Blackwater got his ass back after he had punched Tyrion and uh, shot an arrow at Jamie in second episode. He gets, uh, you know, awarded to be, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, Highgarden, head of Highgarden, or whatever the fuck, Lord of Highgarden. Um, Sam walks in with a song of ice and fire and. Everyone's hey. He was like, "Hey, look at this!" Uh, you know, it's it's the it's what the show's actually based off of, and everyone's like, "Ah!" It almost feels like everyone in the room knows this is a stupid joke, but they just had to do it anyway. <laughs> it it this almost they did everything but look at the camera and go, "Eh, eh." <laughs> so I was. Uh, I did get a bit of a chuckle that Tyrion had no lines in it, or he's not mentioned in the book at all, so I thought that was kind of funny. Um, a lot of people did predict that Samuel was going to be kind of a George R. R. Martin stand-in, and he was going to, they were going to show that this was going to be the final, uh, you know, the finale that Sam was going to write the book of Ice and Fire. Um, let's see, let's see. Oh my goodness. Okay, so, oh, oh my goodness. I loved how they were, uh, they set up the joke for, uh, Tyrion to do his, uh, I, I bought a, I bought a honeycomb and a jackass into a brothel or something like that. And 
everyone for I don't know how long has been wanting the uh, <laughs> has been wanting that joke to be finished. And then at the very end, it, it felt like the it kind of felt like the the show writers knew exactly what they were doing. <laughs> and uh, um, and so uh, was it Tyrion? I once bought a jackass and a honeycomb into a brothel. And then it cuts right then, right when we're about to find all the fucking punchline. The eighth season, we still didn't get the shit. <laughs> so um, I was like, okay, that's how it's going to go. So it kind of just feels like a lot of long goodbyes for the last uh, few episodes. It is kind of, it, it, it's quite moving. You know, you get to see, you know, Tormund again and uh, John. Looks like they're traveling beyond the wall. It was a little bit um, ambiguous to see if he was going to stay in the, quote unquote true north or if he was gonna stay at the wall because it looked like he was gonna stay at the wall at one point but uh I wasn't quite sure. Um and then we kinda have this montage of uh plans and executions and you know stuff we need, you know, telescopes and uh whatever else to to go uh travel and it's uh you know Arya getting ready to go west, John getting ready to go north, uh what is this Sansa uh, Sansa back at home in Winterfell, and uh, I I really like the cross editing and cross cutting of all the uh, characters. Um, Arya kind of did feel like an incomplete story in my opinion. She had this list for the last few seasons of people she wanted to kill, and she could apparently change she could change faces, and she could she could do a number of things, and she kind of strictly she left most of that behind in episode three once she kills the night king she practically becomes useless um love the queen of the north uh with Sansa stuff that is just oh so powerful um and i liked how they left Arya's uh arc off of the ship i don't think her arc was complete but i do like how they left her uh kind of like how they did in season four i believe when she was kind of going off to nowhere or to, to you know, to go somewhere. Um, I loved how the gates were, were coming up and coming down kind of like the same way. And they did it episode one. A lot of this was reminiscent of episode one. And we get a ghost scene. We get John and Ghost in the same scene. Everyone was bitching about it forever. And we finally get a, a John and Ghost scene. So I was very pleased with having them on the same, uh, uh, in the same screen you know that it, it, a, f- a few episodes ago people were wondering why john and the starks didn't say goodbye or why john and ghost didn't say goodbye and it's because they were all coming back together and um they were all gonna have a chance to say goodbye again so that's kind of you know what, what that if you are too critical through the middle of the season you might end up finding exactly what you're looking for by the end of it or in some cases maybe not um a lot of children and a lot of wildlings going with uh with Tormund and and uh and them and John um so uh yeah I I liked how it ended I liked the you know they kind of like going in like children of the forest or something like that which is what I think those green little creatures were uh a few episodes a few seasons back when uh they were protecting um Bran and Hodor and them so I I don't know. It's kind of reminiscent to what what happened in the first episode. I like how it ends. You know, everyone walking into the the woods. They have kids. I don't feel like we hardly saw any kids this whole season of uh, 
wildlings, but uh, it's cool to see that there is growth and there's they're thriving. Um, Darth Rocky definitely got shit in the stick. What the hell happened to the Unsullied? I guess no one gives a fuck. Um, a lot of the villains did feel kind of underserved in um, in their arcs, and so that was probably my only letdown through most of it. But overall, I loved this finale. So. Let me talk about uh, one or two different rate. Let's see, see if there's any uh, anyone has anything to say. I know we we ran a poll on Twitter to see what everyone was thinking of Game of Thrones season finale. As of right now, we have fifty fifty on the Game of Thrones finale. That's 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 pretty interesting. I think there's a lot of people that have. Uh, some gripes on that. Um, I'm, I don't know what the gripes are besides maybe Bran becoming king. Um, oh my gosh. Someone tweeted, King's Landing, not even fucking wheelchair accessible. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, now they're going to have to get their ADA shit up. That's all I got to say. Um, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Patton Oswald said something. Most hopeful scene from last night's Game of Thrones finale was the table discussion scene near the end. Sanitation, construction, boring civic concerns that make life a thousand percent more livable. That's how it's supposed to be. That's why you step you step up to govern. Number two, I hope we mature past this governing by personal drama and vengeance that, while entertaining, is unlivable. Banking, govern, government, and police work should be boring. That's the sign of an evolved society. Quietly planning, anticipating, and getting it done. That's pretty interesting. That's not what I would have said about the finale, but uh, that's interesting. Um, let's see. Let's see. J- someone says, Jamie's slang level, King's slang level, is so high, he tried to kill Bran eight years in advance. <laughs> oh my goodness. Hashtag Game of Thrones finale. Uh, but Bran, Bran know everything and does nothing. John know nothing but does everything. Danny does everything and gets nothing. That sums it all about the season. <laughs> These are great tweets. These are great um, love is the, uh, let me see, let me see. Raise your hand if you felt personally victimized by the Game of Thrones finale. Mm, a lot of retweets on that. Uh, let's see. Game of Thrones started with the Starks being betrayed and used, but in the end they won, and how beautifully did they win. She was a picture of John, king beyond the wall. Arya, queen of the new world. Sansa, queen of the north. Bran, king of the seven of the six king of the six kingdoms. Oh my goodness! Oh, and and people have uh, other things. Why was Arya an amazing faceless assassin? I guess you could say that's probably for the uh, uh, the River Run uh, storyline. Um, why was Gendry a Baratheon? Uh, I guess so that he could. Have a, I guess because he was the only one left. I'm not really sure what, if that was, what was the point of John being a Targaryen. That kind of didn't didn't mean anything either. I like I said, 
I don't know. The, the, the fact his parents and lineage almost didn't mean anything. And that's what kind of felt a little bit eh about it. Um, so I, I am interested to go back and read the books. I'm not going to uh, do it anytime soon, mostly because they aren't released. And we don't even know if they will be released. George R. R. Martin says they're going to be. They, they're going to be, but, you know, at this point, who knows? Um, but, yeah, overall, it was, uh, it was, it's been quite an adventure, uh, these past, uh, what is it, almost 10 years, I think it came out in, like, 09 or something like that. Um, let me see, uh, let me see if I can find out when it, when it aired. Um, first aired in April 17th, 2011. And the final episode was May 19th, 2019. So slightly under 10 years, but still an amazing feature nonetheless. Thank you for listening to the Luck Dog Podcast. Please check us out. All the SoundCloud uh, you know, reviews, all of the stuff you need to know is, uh, available on SoundCloud. We have the full Game of Thrones, uh, podcasts all, all wrapped up in the books now. They, uh, they were another one, I'll tell you that. I, I don't get everything right because of all this, uh, uh, all the lore and all the history in it, but, uh, I, I tried to correct some of the things. I, I do think I was a little confused on John's parentage. I understand that he's the nephew and, you know, it's uh, Danny's brother that uh, he was born to, Regal. Um, so I I understand all that. There's just a lot of stuff in Game of Thrones lore that, you know, you can always find out. Um, a Cast of Kings is a great podcast with David Chen and Joanna Robinson. I would recommend they have a great in-depth review. Um, if you like more podcasts like this or if you just want to hear some more reviews um, from the Lucky Dog Podcast, we have... Um, a couple coming down the tube. We have John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum, Pokemon, Detective Pikachu, um, Brightburn. Um, we have Won't You Be My Neighbor on HBO. Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile on Netflix. We have A Star is Born, Avengers Endgame, Avengers Age of Ultron, and Avengers 2012. So we have tons and tons of other uh uh, TV, movies, media coming down the pipe. We appreciate you, the listener, listening. Um, I'm going to try to get my other mic working. My Blue Yeti has been fucking up on me really recently. And so um, I'm using a different mic at the moment. So bear with me. Thank you for listening. I appreciate all your comments, questions, concerns, your ratings, your subscriptions. Smash the like button. You know what to do. Thank you for listening. And take it easy.